you think you know what we're going to talk about. But unfortunately, I fell down a damn rabbit hole and I've not gotten out yet. <laughs> Knife bros. I literally googled Sebastian Stan hands. But just when you least expect it, we changed the game. Well, yeah, because like, usually in astrology, they would partner up air signs with fire signs. All right, you can, you can huggle. Time travel stories and... At the end of the day, only one thing matters. We decide. Well, we should make it a topic. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't take German in school. I barely took... I took Spanish and I don't remember any of it. Three Fates Decide Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Three Fates Decide Podcast. My name's Mary, one of your hosts. I'm with my other two co-hosts, uh, Sam and Liz. Say hi, ladies. Hey. Hello. Well, today we are going to be talking about a uh, book trilogy that the three of us have all read. And we probably, I don't know if you ladies seen this, seen the movies for these yet or not. Absolutely. Um, yep. Yes. Uh, we are going to be talking about Suzanne Collins's The Hunger Games trilogy. This, I know. This, this trilogy, um, when I first read it, shortly after it was, um, she started putting it out back in 2008, it was, I was blown away. Because it's set in West Virginia, part of it is, and I live very close to West Virginia. So it's like very close to where I'm from. So it was kind of it, it kind of hit hit home a little harder for me. Yeah, I think what kind of got me is that it is you know the US and obviously it's not called the US, it's called yeah. Pan Am, but mm -hmm. it's basically it takes place in the future. And um but it's not like you know what you would expect you know the u.s to become and it so i think i agree with you i think maybe that's why like i enjoyed it so much because it's like as you're reading it and like they're describing these places it's like oh that would have been this or that would have been this place or mm -hmm. you know so it does hit a little closer to home mm -hmm. yeah because for me um because district 12 is literally appalachia or Appalachia, however you want to pronounce it, and I, I, I live in a I live in a part of it that's nestled right in the Appalachian Mountains because it runs all because the Appalachian Mountains run all the way up the the eastern seaboard, pretty much that that area. Yeah, and it's like everything she she wrote about. I'm like, oh, I know, I could probably find that on a map if I really looked. Like just the way she describes stuff is like, hmm yeah and then obviously the story is just like really good. crazy so if if you have never read the books or watched the movies basically uh once a year the districts sacrifice their children so there's 13 districts in panem by the way or 12 there was 13 there was a war and the 13th um, district was destroyed. Right. And as punishment to the other 12, and as a reminder of what would happen if another war broke out, once a year, the districts have to sacrifice their, put their children up for sacrifice, basically. They uh, 
pull names, uh, one male, one female from each district at what's called a reaping. Mm-hmm. And those two kids get shipped off to an undisclosed location and fight to the death. And whoever wins that ch- child's district gets like a lot of food for the year. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the poor districts, like District 12, uh, which is where our uh, main character, Katniss Everdeen, is from, is very, very poor. So they don't have as many winners. And, yeah, that's basically what... It's disgusting and terrible when you think about it. Like, I mean, you... How old are they when they start going into the reaping? Like 13? 12. 12? Yeah, 12. Uh, it's and, it's uh, uh, Primrose's, uh, Katniss's it 11- sister's first ever reaping, and she's Or was 12. it 11? I forget. Was it 11? Yeah, or I don't... It, they were young, though. Yeah, they're, they're young. very young. And as you get older, the more times your name is in the bowl, and you can actually add your name more to get more food for like your family throughout the year. So like if you like some of these kids have their names in there like a hundred times, mm-hmm. like it, it's, it's terrible. It, it really is. It's so terrible. And so Katniss wants to protect her little sister Primrose and it's her first name or her first time at the reaping Katniss made sure that her name wasn't in there multiple times, so her name is only in there once, and Primrose gets chosen, of course. And Katniss decides to volunteer to replace her um, in the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And then Katniss's male counterpart from District 12 that's also going is Pita Malark, um, who was in her grade... In school, so like they knew each other, and uh, Katniss always would think back to when her family was starving after her father died in the coal mill. Um, that Peter th- like burnt bread on purpose and threw it out to her, knowing that like his parents was going to tell him to like get rid of it. So like she like almost feels like she's in debt to him, and that's like a big plot at least in the first book is like how she wants to protect him because he was so nice to her yes yeah uh so that's kind of like the the premise of the first book right i didn't miss anything uh no i mean she she volunteers for her sister she finds out that while they're in the uh, capital training for the hunger games she finds out that pete is actually in love with her Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I was like, oh, wait, I forgot that. Yeah, she finds out that Peter's actually in love with her. Um, she's, but she's got feelings for her longtime best friend, Gail. So that was a little oh, Gail. Yeah, poor Gail. <sighs> but then yeah. they go to the arena and then she allies with Rue, the uh, one of the female tribute from District 11. Mm hmm. Because she reminds her of her sister. Yep. And then, then she gets killed. Poor Rue gets gets killed. 
not not by Katniss, mind you. Yeah. Yeah. So they so when while they're training, like you know, obviously the good thing about the books is you you definitely learn a lot more. But there are certain districts that have what they call career tributes, mm-hmm. um, because they're from the richer um, districts. So they're kind of like trained from the time they were born to be in the Hunger Games, and that's District 1, 2, and 4, I right. believe. Yeah. And, yes. And um, so when they're training, after, like, they, they spend some time training, kind of learning all this stuff, one thing you n- learn about Katniss is her and Gail, in order to help feed their families in District 12, they go outside of the... um line of the district and they hunt so Katniss is really good with a bow and arrow and so at the end of training the tributes all have a limited time to show the game makers yeah and Katniss uh, went to go you know show them bow and arrow and she kind of like messed up so they like first of all by the time she got there because she was from district 12 they were kind of like ignoring her anyway um, but once she like messed up, they really ignored her. So she wound up shooting an arrow at them. But they had like a roasted pig with a, a apple in its mouth, and she mm-hmm. shot through the apple. Um, and they were like so impressed, they gave her the highest score out of everyone. So that ticked off the the career tributes, and so they were all they all teamed up to go after her. Although, um. I can't remember if this was in if this was just in the movie or if this was actually a thing in the book, but the scoring that uh, she got, it's potentially uh, actually this may have been more in the book. Actually, now I think about it, where the scoring that you know in their assessment may actually not so much. It's like a double-edged sword. It's like on the one hand. It's an indicator of how strong a potential uh, challenger that this kid is, which would encourage the betting and potential sponsors they'll get. But then on the other hand, it puts a target on your back saying, oh, we got to get rid of this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as you said, double-edged sword. Because you want sponsors because if you need, if you get hurt... Or if you're hungry or thirsty or whatever, these sponsors will send gifts to you via parachute into yes. the arena. And that kind of helps you survive. Um, so, yeah. So, unfortunately, it is kind of Katniss versus the careers. And the first time she kind of find like, or gets confronted by them, runs into them, whatever, she sees PETA is with them. So she's all kinds of feeling betrayed. And they like chase her. She winds up climbing up a tree and they can't get to her. And so they decide to like camp out underneath that. And um, the only way she was able to get out of the tree was uh, with, um, oh my God, what are they called? The wasps. Tracker jackers. Thank you. Yeah, the tracker. Yeah, tracker jackers. That's tracker jackers. Yeah. yeah, the 
but she got multiple stings herself from the from the tracker jackers. Mm-hmm. But as a result of those tracker jackers, she killed the girl from District Two and was able to get the bow and arrow, the one bow and arrow. Yes. Um, that they had that they put there for her, and she knew that, but she couldn't get to it on day one. So, um, but then she was knocked out because the tracker jacker venom, like it could obviously kill you or could cause like severe hallucinations and all that stuff. Um, and that's when she teams up with Rue because Rue saw everything that happened and she mm-hmm. basically treated Katniss while she was unconscious from the yeah. tracker jacker venom. And then yeah, saved Katniss's life. Yeah. And then unfortunately died. Yeah. Unfortunately. Poor, the... poor Rue. I know. And then that's, and then, so Katniss, uh, she did her their um, three their their three finger salute. Yeah, that uh, d- uh, that was a District yeah. Twelve thing, I mm-hmm. believe. It is. That's what District Twelve does. But she did it t- for real. But before she passed out, she did realize that um, Peta wasn't really with the careers. She he he was actually trying to protect her by working with the careers. Um, so, you know, kind of talking with Rue, um, you know, she kind of realized like that PETA wasn't so bad, but she wanted to, uh, attack the careers. PETA was missing. She didn't know where he was. She was able to kind of attack the careers like base camp or whatever. And then that's when Rue died. And then not long after they made an announcement in the arena that if there's, if both tributes from your district are alive, both of you could win. So, like, you could team up together, which you don't normally do. It's every man for himself. Right. So, uh, Katniss then has to go and find Peta. She finds him, and he's badly, badly injured. Yes. Um, and has, like, a fever from infection and all that stuff, and it's not looking good for Peta. Yeah, he was pretty much near death yeah. at that when she found him. Right. And so they I, I remember they made an announcement that um the tributes had to come to the uh starting place, the cornu- the cornucopia. I think it was a cornucopia at that point, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um she if they go there, there'll be something that each team needs or each person needs. And Katniss knew it was going to be medicine to heal PETA. But PETA's like, it's a, it's, um, it's a trap. Don't go. Of course it was a trap. trap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, of course it's a trap because it's the perfect excuse to get everybody that's left in the mm-hmm. arena to gather in one location and try to knock each other off. Exactly. And if I if if I recall in the book, it had like rained a lot, so like uh-huh. there there really hadn't been any fighting or anything. So it, it it almost I guess like you know you have to almost think of it as she's like in the book it's Katniss's perspective. So she's thinking about what the most likely what like the crowd at home is seeing, like what what the cameras are on and stuff like that. So like she's playing the part of like she's in love with Peta also it's like the star-crossed lovers thing Mm -hmm. and 
Meanwhile, she's trying to, like, keep him alive. And then, like, yeah, they call, like, this feast at the Cornucopia, which is basically, like, you know, come get your the stuff that you really want so that we could have another battle. And Peta's not having it. And they don't do this in the movie. In the movie, I think he was just asleep. But in the book, she actually like, drugged him. Yeah. To go. Yeah. Um, which he was not happy about. <laughs> no. <laughs> not and at all. She did almost die. Um, yes. but she was saved by the guy from District Eleven who only saved her because of Rue, because he yeah. knew that she um was with Rue at one yeah. point. And she protected Rue as much as she could. Right. Yeah. Um but she was able to get the medicine and Peta recovered enough that they could then move on and then the end of the game and i i thought they could have done so much better in the movie because in the book it just sounded so scary but they have what is called mutts and in this case they did kind of look like dogs but in the books when they say mutts they just mean like they're genetically altered whatever they, um, no, they were actual dogs, but they had the they were dogs of the they had the eyes of the of the tributes that have fallen. No, they had the faces. I thought in the book. No, it was just the eyes. Was it just the eyes? I thought it was the faces too. Yeah. No, that's just too and, creepy. And and I I remember her, and I feel like it was like they knew who killed them, so it was like certain ones would be like extra nasty to her, like the ones that like she killed because like they knew Whoa. that she killed them or whatever, but they were all Whoa. nasty. Yeah, I remember Clove was from District what District One, mm-hmm. and I I remember Clove came back as a mutt, and she was, yeah. She was nasty. Um, so Peta and um uh Katniss had to run, obviously. They made it to the cornucopia, and there they had to face the last tribute while all the mutts are surrounding. And uh oh my god, what's his name? Cato. Thank you. Yeah, wow, Kato. why can't I remember this? Yeah, because it was Cato and Clove. Yeah. So Cato, who's like the big, strong, you know, guy from District One, and he he fought them. You you didn't, you know, it, it was nerve wracking there, but they managed to kick him off the cornucopia, and the mutts dragged him inside the cornucopia, and just like the the way she described like his whining and like how they just sat there waiting and praying for him to just die. Yeah, you know, because end up putting an arrow through his head or something. Yeah, he he. She finally like put him out of his misery and like, you know, leaned over and and shot an arrow to kill him. Um, and then the game was over because they had said like the rule like you know two people from the same district could both win. Yeah, mm-hmm. not so much. The lovely game makers decided, oh, that rule is now revoked. The last battle's begun. Go. Yeah. So like because it's more <laughs> dramatic. You know, now, now, now the now the two lovers have to have to like sacrifice. Well, fight to the death slash sacrifice one of themselves. Yeah, yeah, to save the other one. But Katniss said, "No, no, 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 (laughs) nope." Found the found the berries, and she's like, "No, here, we'll just take just eat these." 
Yep, poisonous berries that she had found. Nobody, nobody wins. Yep, yep. So they were going to sacrifice each other, and they stopped the game and allowed both of them to win. I mean, to be fair, that really would fit the whole Star Cross Lovers thing, really. That's true. Little Romeo and Juliet action going on. Yep. (laughs) So, you know, you finish the first book thinking, oh, happy ending. They both live, you know, whatever. Woohoo. Yay. And then you get to the second book and it's like, guess what? It's not all sunshine and rainbows because now Katniss is in trouble with the government. (laughs) Yes, because they didn't. They were furious because she she did that. She outsmarted him basically is what she did. She outsmarted him. And as a result, people kind of started realizing, like, you could stand up to the Capitol, which is like the government, and mm-hmm. fight back. You know, all these districts that had been treated like crap forever, now we're kind of wanting to step up and, and be like, we're not taking this anymore. And Katniss became that beacon that they had been almost waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, hope. Yeah, and one thing we forgot to mention, which is very important throughout the series, is her friend from District 12, before she left, she was the mayor's daughter, um, gave her a Mockingjay pin that she could wear on her uniform for the uh, games. And after the first Hunger Games, she became known as the Mockingjay. That's what everyone referred to her as, as the Mockingjay. Which is a mix between a mockingbird and a blue jay. Yes. In case you want to know. So mocking jays can uh you that's how they sent signals too. Yes. Because, during the fir- during the war. Yeah, because mocking jays can mimic any sound it hears. Yep. Um, so that's the synopsis of the first book. The movie, um, you know, obviously if you haven't seen it, but Katniss is played by uh, Jennifer Lawrence, um, who I thought did an exceptional job. She did. That Wasn't that pretty much like one of her first movies that she did? Um, it wasn't. No, I mean, it was it was toward the beginning really. of, of like when she started getting popular. Um, I think X-Men was before that, though. I thought it was oh, oh yeah yeah that you're right you're right I, yeah because um okay. she was already friends with uh uh gosh uh Zoe Kravitz mm-hmm, right and then and then she was in the movie with um with her father yeah with her father so Lenny with Lenny so Lenny, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz yes and they were, so and they were already friends before they did the movie together um but yeah I mean. Basically, Hunger Games was the movie that really made Jennifer Lawrence popular because Mm -hmm. she had already done a couple other movies. Actually, she had been, I think she got nominated for an Oscar before she did Hunger Games already. Or she, yeah, I think she was. Because there was another movie she did earlier that, um, I never actually saw the movie, but I read the book that, um, it was based off of and... I was like, wow, this, the movie must have been really intense because the book was already intense. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but what I liked about the movie was it, it really did stick 
pretty close to the book. You know, they the mayor's daughter didn't make an appearance, but like she wasn't as an important character. In the you know at yeah. it, you know, like she was someone that like you didn't necessarily need. She doesn't drive the story. So, you know, that stuff is okay. And like they kind of added some things, but the things that they added were based off of what she would kind of be saying in the book about what she thinks people at home were watching or what the announcers for the uh, Hunger Games were saying. So it, it, kind of made you feel like you were just a, a a spectator watching the games so I, I thought it was very well done i thought they i wish more you know movie uh book to movie adaptations were like that because i just think that they they didn't take liberties they kind of they went to the book and they they kept they kept to it pretty closely i thought yeah i i i did appreciate that about about it because that's what I thought too after because I read the books and obviously watched the movies and I was like wow this is pretty damn close I mean there's a few things like you said they took they 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 might have added a few things in or they took a few things out that really didn't need to be in the movies which was fine they weren't um major plot points or anything like that which was really nice so I was happy to see that yeah. 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 I mean, also with just in general with the adaptation process, um there there has to be some compromises on certain things like like, you know, what we were saying before is like, you know, certain details that don't really drive the story, those oftentimes will be taken out. Um, mm -hmm. but also sometimes you have to take into consideration well what is actually logistically possible to even film. <laughs> Right. Yeah, right. those kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> yes, money is involved also. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean because like one of the big things that was uh, was very clearly different is the fact that in the books it's all in Katniss's perspective. So we only get her limited view and limited understanding of what's going on, but at the same time if you read it closely, you could piece together what's really going on even if she doesn't necessarily understand at least at the time what's going on which i always admire when writers when any author is able to do that because that is such a that's just a demonstration of how excellent they are as a writer that they can you know stay almost in character when they're writing from a first person perspective but, you know, at the same time, they don't necessarily treat you as the reader as like an idiot where they have to spoon feed you everything. They let you kind of piece together what's going on. So um, we're on to the second book. Yes. Slash Catching Fire. Catching Fire. And it starts about six months after the end of the first book. And we Fine, Katniss is now living in what is known as the Victor's Village with her family, along with Hamish and Peta. They all have a home, their own homes in Victor's Village. There's the only, only the three of them, which the houses are a lot nicer, better kept, because obviously now they're Vic she's a victor of the Hunger Games. And she finds out that if she does not 
keep up the ruse that she's in love with PETA? President Snow's going to kill everybody that she loves. Yeah. Good old President Snow. Yeah, because um, not that she doesn't realize, but because of what she did at the end of the first Hunger Games, as we mentioned, with the poison berries and kind of, you know, forcing the game maker's hands, um, mm -hmm. she inspired a rebellion in a lot of the districts, which we had talked about before. She doesn't really realize that this is happening. Um, so President Snow makes sure she knows, and they're about to go on a tour of all the districts. This is what victors do. They go mm -hmm. and kind of like rub it in the faces of everybody. <laughs> And uh, they have to pretty much try and convince everyone that they are madly in love. And that's really it was it was a uh, more of a, a thing of passion, not that she was trying to uh, force their hand. It's just she couldn't live without PETA. And that's what they have to try and convince everybody. Um, or else Snow will make sure she suffers. Um. But what has happened is PETA has found out that Katniss really doesn't love him. He still loves her, but she doesn't love him. But because of uh, what has happened with... Um, because what has happened due to the hunger... Due to them winning the games and President Snow's threats, he's willing to continue the ruse to keep Katniss safe, which is has been his entire uh, thing from the start. That's been his MO is he wants to keep her safe and alive. So Cap so so while they're going through the tour uh, through the districts, touring the districts, they also have to try to plan a wedding, which is uh, not not something Katniss is real happy about doing, obviously. Uh, but then we get into the 75th annual Hunger Games, because in the first book, it was the 74th Hunger Games. Now we're in the 75th Hunger Games, which is known as the Quarter Quell. And in this one, they don't pick brand new victors or brand new tributes. They take them from the old tributes, the old victors of the Hunger Games. It's their equivalent of the All-Star Special. <laughs> Basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And surprisingly enough, um, thanks to both Katniss and PETA winning for District 12, every district has at least one male and one female victor to be drawn from. Obviously, Katniss is going no matter what. So they're having to draw between Haymitch, who won 24 years prior to this, or PETA. And unfortunately, um, Katniss made a deal with Haymitch to, if PETA's name was uh, drawn, that he volunteers because she wants to keep PETA safe and at home. Unfortunately, Haymitch's name was called and PETA volunteered his tribute. Don't you just hate when that happens? I know. I was like, but you knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course. It's, it's too easy. Exactly. Although, uh, just one minor uh, point. Um, actually, Hamish's game was the previous quarter quell. He was in the 50th game. That's right. Right. Yeah, because... And that was with 24 tributes. Wasn't it? Wasn't that the one where they doubled the tributes? 
Yeah, they doubled it, so it's actually 48. Yeah. And oh yeah, yeah that's what I meant. Yeah. It's yeah, because, yeah, because this kind of I forget if it was in the second book or in the or in the third one, but you get a little bit more of Hamish's backstory, and it basically explains one of the reasons why he's a drunk, he's a total alcoholic, because he just can't emotionally deal with not only what he had to do to survive the games, but also the fact that he basically watched, you know, 23, 24 other kids get killed until Katniss and Peta won. And that would undoubtedly yeah. make anybody start drinking. And also uh, the quarter quell that he, the fact that he won the quarter quell last time is also the reason why um, he noticeably doesn't have any family or friends in the series. And because, uh, yeah, he, he did his own uh, stunt in the games and um, that didn't turn out well for him. Yeah, poor Hamish. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and I just wanted to to mention so after the tour um before they do, you know, they announced the new tributes or whatever, Katniss kind of figures out that all the work that she'd been doing during the tour to try and like calm down the rebellion didn't work. Um, so Thus, eventually, like you kind of feel that the reason why the quarter quell is from the past victors, which part of the bargain is if you win, you never have to be in the Hunger Games again, um, is because President Snow wants to punish Katniss. So, yes, they definitely allude to it more in the movie, but that's how I felt even when I was reading the book that like, okay, this was so set up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah you could just as you're as i was reading the book so i just like oh this is so this, yeah he set this up yeah right and i mean on the other side of it also you kind of realize is that um it kind of makes you it, it i don't know about you guys but it kind of made me wonder exactly does you know, does Snow or anyone in the capital that's in power really like? Do any of these people really understand why, you know, the districts, re- like especially the poorer districts in particular, why they resent the capital so much? Because realistically, okay, granted, what Cadness did does show kind of like symbolically at least show somebody who's willing to stand up against the rules of the capital but at the same time it's like it's actually more than just her really it's just the fact that as they watch what she goes through in the first hunger games i think the audience kind of realized you know that She's just a she's just a visual example of how completely messed up everything is and we shouldn't sit here and just take it anymore. So, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if some of this rebellion that was happening um that they hint at in the books but you see more in the movies. I kind of I I personally think like that was going to be an inevitable really because at at some point people are just going to get really f- angry and fed up with everything and she may have 
to motivate people to like actively do something, but it, it you know, it's just a matter of time, really. And the fact that Snow seems to think for some reason that her, you know, continuing this charade that she's in love with Pita was actually going to do anything is kind of stupid because it just shows that they don't really understand why people resent them. Yeah. Right. And we don't get political on this channel. We try not to, especially with, with what we talk about. But it actually, the right now kind of has a lot of uh, similarities to things that are happening in real life in places. I mean, obviously, no, it's, we're not sacrificing 24 kids every, 23 kids every year in a, in a uh, gladiatorial style game, but it gets kind of, it's kind of, especially recently things that have been happening. It's just like, you can yeah. see it, it's kind of, there's there's a parallel in a way right which is the intention of Suzanne Collins so exactly cuz cuz she was how she decided to, how she decided that um or I shouldn't say how she decided to come up with the uh with the premise of the books is back from um during the Iraq war she was seeing images of the Iraq war and then um gladiatorial games to uh kind of came together and right because i think she indicated yeah. in interviews that she was also kind of inspired to just the concept of having these games basically came from reality shows like survivor really you know, which was extremely popular at the, well, I mean, Survivor's still on TV, but, you know, it was especially popular at the, like, you know, around the time the books originally got published. And just the whole concept of using, you know, these, like, exciting TV show games type of thing be a distraction for people to what is really going on in the world or what's going on around them, you know, was, was something that she just, you know, couldn't stop thinking about as she's like watching, you know, TV at the time. And the fact that it's very similar to ancient Rome, because, you know, you see a lot of references to Rome, you know, Latin Roman names throughout the book series. I mean, just the name of the country, Panem, comes from uh, Panem at Circuses, I think it was, I think it's called, which is to, you know, distract people with, you know, entertainment and, you know, free food or whatever, so they don't have to realize that they're actually angry at their emperor <laughs> or whatever, you know, which is, which is a running theme in Hunger Games, so it, it all, it all fits, it all works. There's an explanation. So, Mary, did you want to continue? Um, sure. Uh, so now we're into the quarter quell. We're into the Hunger Game, the actual uh, arena, and Peta and Katniss have teamed up with several other victors from several different uh, districts. Um, Johanna Mason is one from District 12, and that is, was Finnick O'Dare also District 12? Or was no, he, four. he was District 4? Yeah, yep. Johanna was District 7. 
Yes, District 7. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You'll have to forgive me. I'm like half half dead today. <laughs> We're um, here for you. Yes. If you need uh, me to help, I will. <laughs> I, I think you're gonna have to okay. take over because I'm I got like, you. confused as all hell right now. All right. So when they go, you know, uh to um go to training and stuff like that, Haymitch pretty much tells Peta and Katniss to team up with some other tributes. And Katniss is not really for that. She doesn't trust anybody. They go into the arena. Uh, going into the games, she's partnered, obviously, with Peta, and they're with Finnick, who's from District 4. And um, Finnick's partner from District 4... Um, so, uh, who Madge was actually one that Katniss wanted to um, work with, but, you know, so Madge is an elderly woman, so they're together, and as, you know, she kind of starts trusting Finnick after Finnick saves Peta's life, because Peta hit the, um, they made it all the way to, like, the border of the arena, and he hit the force field, and he died basically and Finnick did CPR and brought him back to life so that's where Katniss kind of started trusting him but it wasn't 100% um, right. they did eventually meet up with Johanna and the two other from um, District 3 BT and Wyrus. Yep, and who were the other two that Katniss wanted to uh, join with and yes. so it's all of them together they kind of figure out what the arena is it turns out to be a big clock but they yeah. figure out that at the 12 o'clock, quote-unquote, spot, that lightning strikes this big, giant tree. So BD has this plan. He has this huge thing of wire, and they're going to uh, run the wire from the tree down into the water in hopes to electrocute everyone, all mm -hmm. the other tributes. What Katniss doesn't know, and you find out, because then there's, like, a big attack... Um, they have Katniss and Peta separated, and Katniss is with Joanna. They're bringing the wire down to the water. They get attacked. Joanna actually attacks Katniss. So Katniss is like, oh my god, like, they're turning on us. I, like, I knew it, blah, blah, blah. She runs back to try and find Peta, can't find Peta, and she winds up taking, poor, uh, Beatty electrocutes himself. Uh, by accident, and Katniss winds up taking the wire, putting it on a arrow, and shooting it up at the arena. And as the lightning struck, and it actually blew up the entire arena. And Katniss is saved, and a couple of you know, a couple like two others are saved. Peta unfortunately is not; he's still in the arena. And when Katniss comes to, um, she's on the jet and she finds out that it was all a big plan to get her out and they're going to District 13 and she's now part of the Rebel Forces. Gail is there and, you know, basically she finds out poor Peta and Joanna are, were left and were taken. They were arrested. The game maker, who's Plutar Heavensby, 
is actually part of the rebel forces. He wanted to be game maker to have this whole thing happen to get Katniss out of there. And at the end, the last thing that Katniss finds out is that unfortunately district 12, her home, once she blew up the arena, district 12 was, was bombed and destroyed. Um, okay. So we'll jump right into the, the last book, which is mocking Jay. For those who don't know, the last book was actually split into two different movies. Um, but pretty much Katniss is in district 13. She's having a really hard time kind of, uh, uh, recovering from the last Hunger Games. Um, but they're trying to get her to become their spokesperson, their leader, to be that, you know, rebel that everyone can go to because everyone knows who she is. So in order to reach out to the other districts, they want her to be their quote-unquote Mockingjay. Um, and she at first didn't want to do it, but after going to District 12 and seeing the destruction and, um, you know, going to the, you know, talking to or seeing the District 12 survivors, her mother survived, her sister survived. She decides, okay, she'll do it, but only if she gets immunity for Peta, Joanna, and anyone else from the, hun from, who, have, who has been in the Hunger Games that were arrested. So that was the um contingency it was approved plus she said she wanted to kill president snow once uh once they get the chance so um she starts going out she has a whole crew with her she starts going out to different districts to show kind of what's going on meanwhile the capital is showing video of Peta, who is being brainwashed um to say all these terrible, you know, to try and stop the rebellion. So while Katniss is pushing the rebellion, PETA is stopping the rebellion. So everyone at District 13 now hates PETA. But so, but Katniss is going out and shooting all different videos to, um, to show to the districts. She gets shot at one point, um, but, you know, survives. They eventually do go out and rescue Peta, Joanna, and everyone else. Um, and when they get Peta back, it turns out that he has been brainwashed and he tries to kill Katniss. He chokes her. Um, he tries to choke her to death. And so um, the second movie slash the second half of the book, Katniss is trying to recover basically from being strangled to death. And um, she goes out with her team again and you know again continues to shoot different things the capital decides to attack district 13 um i i think that it was actually earlier it was in the first half of the book so i apologize i'm going i'm backtracking but um they're they're going after district 13 they're bombing and they're trying to come up with um uh after the bombing kind of tell everyone what happened and that district 13 okay and that everyone's fine. And Katniss is almost has like a panic attack. She can't do it. So Finnick actually steps up and decides to tell everybody that like snow, what a bad person he is, how he's had so many people killed and 
that he always smells of roses. White roses are like his thing. And it turns out it's because he poisons people, but he also takes some of the poison and it causes his mouth to bleed. So in order to make him not smell like blood, he always has a rose. Little fun fact for you. But anyway, so um, Katniss kind of becomes part of this squad that will go out into the field into the districts specifically the capital because now the rebellion has reached the the capital and they're you know slowly fighting their way in so they said Katniss can go out with her team but they have to stay well behind everybody let the fighting happen and then they can go in after and it's almost like an obstacle course it's like a big hunger games where you know if they move down uh, you know, the wrong street, what's called like a pod will happen and some sort of trauma will will occur. So and it could kill you. So throughout it, they many of them, unfortunately, die. Finnick, my dear Finnick, does die from mutts. Um, and uh, it's very sad. Meanwhile, they also so coin who's in charge of District 13 sends PETA out to join their squad and Katniss thinks it's because Coin doesn't like her and that PETA's basically been sent to kill her because he's still not right in the head because he was brainwashed so he doesn't know what's real what's not kind of reminds me of someone else that I've you know that we watch in movies and you know read about in fanfics but whatever I was wondering when he was going to get brought up in this conversation. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, I don't think we can have, have a conversation without bringing that up. Yeah. Um, but so pretty much they they do eventually make it, some of them make it all the way to the end. And everyone from the Capitol, like the rich and stuff, are trying to get to the president's mansion to basically get some protection and all that. And... Katniss and Gail are there and um, someone drops bombs. It looks like it's like a capital jet drops bombs on people. And, you know, Katniss is up there and a lot of District 13, like, nurses and stuff show up. And Katniss sees her sister Primrose, who had become, like, a nurse in District 13. And with that, more bombs exploded. And unfortunately, Primrose, which is the only reason why Katniss is in the mess that she's in is to protect her sister and her sister gets killed. Yes. And it, it destroys Katniss. And so when she wakes up, she finds out, yes, the rebels have won. Snow, you know, basically is waiting to get executed. And um, they have like a big meeting with all the remaining victors and Coin decides that she wants to have an honorary Hunger Games with the Capitol's children. And Katniss plays the part of like, you know, yes, like she'll do it, but she knows it's wrong. It's like nothing's changed. You know, now it's just the rebels are going to be in control, but it's still going to be the same outcome. So when she goes to kill Snow, she kills Coin instead. Snow winds up dying anyway because he was dying. And I think that's why Kat, well, one of the reasons why Katniss didn't kill him also is because he was dying anyway. Um, so Katniss gets like arrested, but they feel that she was just not mentally 
well, and that's why she killed Coin. So she was able to go home to District 12. Um, she no longer talks to Gail because Gail had brought up the situation that happened that killed her sister. Gail had brought up previously, like, he would do that, you know, because sometimes you have to kill your own in order to win. Um, and so it was kind of like his plan. He didn't know it was going to happen, but it was his plan that Coin used um, to kill her sister. So she no longer talks to Gail. And then it ends with basically Katniss and Peeta are married and they have children and are happily ever after the end. The only thing I dislike about the entire series is the ending of it. Yeah, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah, well, it's not so much. I mean, it hurt that that Prim was killed, but what it was the actual the epilogue where they have children because she swore up and down that she would never bring children into into that world. Well, I think she did it because she knew there would never be a Hunger Games again. Yeah, but it's just it's at the time it just seemed like it was such a backtrack of who she was. Yeah, you know, well, I, I. Yeah, I think it's because, like, she didn't want to bring children in because of the Hunger Games. Once she killed Coin and she knew the Hunger Games were never going to happen again, she felt, I guess, compelled, like, okay, she could finally have kids. So, apparently, like, yeah. I, if I recall, yeah, that that's Ida had been weird. wanting it. She didn't want it. It took a long time for her to agree to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's kind of the opposite. Like, I was fine with the ending because the thing is is that like you were just saying her issue was she just felt like i don't want to bring kids into this world if they're just going to be subjected to the hunger games and the the fact that she even agrees to actually have kids it is it's it's basically implied that they don't go through things like the Hunger Games again, um, just under a new, you know, rather than like restarting the Hunger Games just on with a different, you know, regime. It's implied that they got rid of them for good and that kids are not going to be subjected to that again. But also like like the other thing I, I you know, what made me didn't what the thing that made me not mind the ending so much is the fact that like. Even though it does come across as like, oh, this is like happily ever after. The thing is, is that like it there, there's like this subtle feeling that it's not completely happily ever after either because they they probably they like they don't outrightly say it, but they pretty much tell you throughout the series that, you know, all these people have PTSD and they have to somehow live with it. And try to move on with their lives as best as they can. And if things are finally, a, you know, if the world they're living in is getting better, then, you know, the obvious sign of it is that you actually get married and you have kids when your fear was like, I don't want kids to be subjected to all this crap. And, you know, and, but now, like, things are better, so I feel like I can do it. I, I can have a family. I can have kids. I can have, create another generation that will hopefully not have to fear like this anymore. So, for me, I was okay with it. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, 
Yeah, that's how like I took it, but I do kind of understand, you know, your whole thing. But I think <clears throat> what you have to realize is like the epilogue is actually several years later. It's not like right after, and I think that's kind of hard sometimes to think about when like you're reading. But um, it did take a while for him to persuade her, even though she knew everything was cool. But I mean. Poor Katniss and Peta, honestly, the two of them. Peta lost his entire family um, when District 12 got destroyed. Katniss lost so many people that she loved. Her mother survived, but she stayed, you know, she didn't move back to District 12. She no longer talks to Gail, who was like her best friend and the guy that she actually loved. Anyone else that she cared about or whatever pretty much died. Um, especially her sister, who, again, this whole thing was about protecting her sister. Her sister was the one thing that she loved above all others, and she was killed. And it's it's sad. Um, you know, it's it's really it really is a sad story. Like, even though it's a quote unquote happy ending, it's a sad, sad story. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, yeah. And in a way, it is it, it does add the realism that. You know, that even though some great things do happen, you know, to, for her and for PETA at the end, at the same time, like I said earlier, they they still have to live with all of their experiences and try to move on, try to continue with their lives as best as they can. And, you know, that that's, you know, that's that's the ending. That's how, you know, the story ends for them. You know, so. Yeah. And then we actually found out today there is a fourth prequel. book that's a prequel. It came out May of 2020 uh, that none of us have read, but I am actually going to go look for it and try and read it. So there you go. Same. It's, it's about, uh, it's the story of the dark days. The, the one thing that we don't really know 100%, like what happened. So, you know, mm-hmm. sounds like you'll get to know why the hunger games began in the first place oh my god they're already and here's another here's another fact they're actually getting ready to make a film adaptation of this book it to expect it to be released in either late 2023 or early 2024 and it is set in the universe of the hunger games the book i'm just going to read just a smidge of it the like the first couple sentences here of the uh plot um, the book follows Coralina Snow, who has chosen to mentor a tribute in the upcoming 10th Hunger Games. He is assigned the District 12 tribute. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Because I wouldn't actually, <laughs> I wouldn't actually read the book. I was just kind of like looking a little bit at the quote-unquote plot on Wikipedia. Right. But that's all I'm saying is he was, that, that's all it, that, that's it. I can't believe they're doing it already. Well, you know, money talks. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so the films again, I, I really thought all three uh or four, I should say, movies did a pretty good job at keeping with the books. Um like I mentioned before, the last book was split into two uh movies. Uh, which I wasn't sure how that was gonna work because the book isn't like ridiculously huge but honestly where they split it worked really well i thought so 
the like you know the most interesting thing i thought was the fact that you know what was the inspiration um even the references to you know ancient rome which fits the whole con which fits the theme i mean you have names like Coralinus, you know which is famously a character from you know shakespeare and that was set in like ancient roman times you know you have like you know the one of the you know some of the tributes are named like cato that's a you know famous roman politician senator things like that i mean those little details are subtle but you know it's very effective world building so that i appreciate okay um so i guess before we close out um just a reminder um to everyone um we have an email address for you to send in comments suggestions you know whatever uh feedback you may have for this episode and our previous episodes uh you can email us at three fates decide at gmail.com that's basically the name of our podcast all in one word um three is spelt out and we also have an instagram account uh again it's three fates decide is the username um, I also put links in um, the show description, um, the episode descriptions on our uh, podcast page. So, yeah. Now you have ways to contact us and uh, let us know what you think. Check us out. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch us next time. And see what we're going to talk about. Because the three fates decide.